Does God not want us to be rich, not have a lot of money? Well, we're going to talk about that today as we read James 5. This is the fifth episode of our James series, and he talks about a warning to the rich. There's some other great advice in there, too, about prayer, about patience. We're going to first talk about what it means to have a warning to the rich. Let's talk about that today in the fifth episode of our James series, the final episode of our James series, James 5. Let's read it and discuss. Let's go. All right, welcome uh, to another episode of the Bible Reading, Coffee Drinking uh, podcast episode video series that we do here on Living Christian. Today we're tackling and reading James 5. So if you've been following along, this is our James series. In the last couple of weeks, we've done, gone through 1 through 4, and today we're going to finish it out with James 5. We're going to talk about a warning to the rich, patience and endurance, uh, the power of prayer, and kind of restoring wandering believers, which is something we all uh, need to be a part of, uh, that is for sure. So let's uh, let's read James 5. Um, this is pretty interesting. The beginning of James 5 talks about the warning to the rich. Uh, does God want us to be rich? Does God care if we're rich? Uh, does God want us to be successful uh, as we measure it here in this world? So we're going to talk about that as we read through this, you know, just a couple paragraphs here. Uh, but it's pretty uh, interesting. And it may not be what you think it is, uh, or maybe it is. So let's, uh, let's open our Bibles, have a sip of coffee, and we'll start with James 5 with a warning to the rich. All right, look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth that you are counting on will eat away Eat away your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated out of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. Those are that is harsh. That is a harsh warning against what he's calling rich people. Okay, so there's two contexts. Uh, kind of areas that we need to talk about. One is, obviously, at the time this was written with James, uh, there were certainly the have and have-nots. And, and there's not that we don't not have that in today's world, for sure. We do, okay? Uh, but there it was, it was a little bit different. You had the workers and you had the rich people. Now, saying that, what he's talking about here um, is, is two things. One is how you're treating the, your, your neighbors and your fellow believers and, the, and other people in this world, right? Talking about the end, talking about hearing the cries from the field workers, okay? Obviously, we want to treat we, each other with respect, regardless of whether you're rich or poor or somewhere in the middle, all right? But what he's really talking about here is, is not necessarily advising against all rich people being evil or all rich people being condemned, Um what he's really talking about here is the love of money. Now, it reminds me, and I, and I have it pulled up here because I, I thought about this verse uh, as I was kind of getting ready and, and what we're going to talk about today. So if you go into Matthew, uh, Jesus is talking, uh, Matthew 6, verse 24, right? Very famous verse uh, that of Jesus himself. And the quote is, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and and despise the other. 
You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Okay, I chose, this is the New Living Translation of that verse, the same Bible I have. I chose that one because I like the ending where it talks about you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. All right, Matthew 6, 24. Now, if you go to the ESV version, a couple other translations, it talks about you cannot serve God and money. I, I, I don't like the connotation of serving money. In essence, it's the same thing. But the way, for, for simplistic sake, I like the way uh, Matthew talks about you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So now we're talking about the love of money. Uh, and as it relates to James 5, uh, what he's talking about of being rich, of warning to the rich, is that it's correlative to the love of wealth, the love of money, the love of something that's not God. God warns us not to worship something else, another idol, another God. And when you make money your God or your idol or your focus on in your life here on earth, of course you can. You have the opportunity to become rich. But with that, you probably lose your focus on what's truly important, which is God. So I don't firmly believe that God doesn't want us to be rich or to make money or to have worldly possessions. What he what doesn't want us to do is be enslaved by that money, to be devoted to that money, to be focused on that money, and put that put our, our, our money, our possessions, our worldly items above God. That is certainly not what he wants us to do. So if you have a good job, it's not saying that you're going to anguish in hell, but if you put that good job and that income and, and that uh, and all your worldly possessions and your wealth or whatever it is, how you ever you judge that above God, that's what Matthew's talking about, and that I believe is what James is kind of talking about it as well. Okay, don't let it be your purpose. Don't let it be your focus. Don't let it be your God. In reality. God is a somewhat jealous God. He doesn't want us to worship this world more than we worship Him. And when you focus too much on money, and you're enslaved to money, as Matthew talks about, then you're going to put it above what your true purpose on this world is, which is to love God with all your heart and soul and your mind, and to love each other as you love yourself. That's our true purpose. Making money and worldly possessions is not. So be careful with that. Um, you know, don't be too focused on uh, your income. You want to be successful? Great. Make sure with that, you don't put it above God and make sure you do something with it, if that makes sense. Do something with it. Help out the other people who maybe are less fortunate. All right, let's go on to five. That was I, I spent 10 minutes on the first four uh, verses here. So verse five, you have spent your years on earth and luxury satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourself for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. Talking about focusing your years on earth in luxury and satisfying your every worldly desire. That is what God does not want us to do. He doesn't want our life to be solely focused on money, luxury, satisfying our desires. He wants us to live a life worthy of his love. All right, let's uh, let's pair off into patience and endurance. Have a sip of coffee first. I know it's heavy topic, right? Money is the root of all evil, so to speak. But you can do a lot of good things 
uh, with money, but you've got to make sure that you compartmentalize your life enough to where you understand that you use that for God's purpose. You don't use it for your own luxury, as he talks about, right? And desires, as he's talking about, okay? All right, verse 7. Uh, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and the spring. They eagerly look at the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge, capital J, talking about God, is standing at the door. Verse 10. For examples of patience and suffering, for examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, the man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath, be it by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no, so that you will not sin and be condemned. Okay, talking about patience and endurance, I like the first part of it where he's uh, truly talking about being patient with God, right? Be patient as you wait on the Lord's return. I think we are so focused at times and almost wanting the end of times to come true, especially in today's day and age where you have so much mess going on in the world. Uh, We look for signs of Jesus's return, and we almost wish it would happen a little bit. Oh, the Euphrates is drying up. Oh, we're doing, you know, whatever that may be. COVID vaccine is the sign of the, you know, the mark of the beast. And there's all these, there's thousands of videos you can go uh, watch. Now saying that, what God wants us to do is be patient as we wait for his return. Just like a farmer is patient and waiting for the rains in the fall and the spring. Talking about the beginning of this, I talked about it being 100 degrees for three months, and I'm trying to be patient with the rains coming here, okay? So be patient, help our brothers out, brothers and sisters. One day, the judge will be standing at the door soon. All right, the power of prayer, verse uh, 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call one for the elders in the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And you will have committed any sins. You will be forgiven. So he's talking about the power of prayer. Okay, we've pivoted. And I, I like how James puts his, 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 his uh, sections together, if that makes sense. He talks about the, you know, not loving God, or not loving money, but loving God. Not warning to the rich and be careful about this world and your success in this world distracting you from God because it will not end well for you. Now, saying that, you need to be patient. Don't be overly eager. Don't judge. Just be patient and and, and wait for the Lord's return. Now, while you're waiting, right, you're worshiping God, right, you're being patient with God, what do you need to do? You need to pray, right? If you're suffering hardships, you need to pray. If you're happy, you need to pray. If you're sick, you need to pray, right? In all those circumstances, reach out to God in prayer. There's power in prayer. Verse 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. 
Verse 17, Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield crops. So it's talking about that power of prayer. So be careful not to worship money more than you worship God. Be patient with God. Be patient with his timing. Be patient with each other. And pray. I mean, it's great how he puts those things together. Now we're going to finish up uh, the last uh, couple of verses here. Uh, Restore wandering believers. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about forgiveness of many sins. Okay, so that's a great way to end the entire book, but much less this section and this chapter. Okay, so to sum up, don't put your money and your wealth over God. Be patient with God. Be patient with each other, especially those people that you want to judge. It talks about judging, and the judge is standing at the door. We are quick as Christians, and I've said this before in episodes, we're quick to judge not just each other, but we're quick to judge non-believers because we don't like their sin, right? We're okay with our sin, but we're judging others for their sin. So, and it talks about praying, praying for each other, praying, you know, finding other people to pray for, praying when you're happy, praying when you're sick. Talks about being earnest in your prayer. And at the end, he talks about, he wraps it all up with basically saying, dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders from the truth, so if you have somebody lost in their sin, right? Someone that you'd like to judge based on some of the other verses that we read, what is what does God want us to do? He wants us to help bring them back, right? If they wander away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person. So you have the power to help others find Jesus. You have the power to help others that are wandering, that are lost in their sin, whether it's the love of money or anything else, all the other sinful behavior that's out there. You have the power to help bring them to salvation. Of course, they have to accept Christ, right? They have to accept Jesus uh, as their Lord and Savior. That's what they have to do. But you can help that. You can help save that person from death, James talks about, and bring about the forgiveness of sins. You can't forgive their sins, but you can bring them to the one that will. So don't be scared to share your faith with other people, okay? Don't be sure. Now, if you do have a lot of money, use that money to help people find Jesus. If you if you have a lot of patience with people, help others become patient. If you pray a lot, pray for others and teach them how to pray as well. But help somebody today. Restore a wandering believer today, somebody that's lost in their sin. Maybe help uh, help them see the right way and the truth. Um that's, I mean, that's why I do this, right? I, I, I do the best I can. Uh, I try to read these in, in very layman's ways and, and very uh, understandable discussions because uh, I want to take the Bible at face value and I want to talk about it. Um, and, and that's the reason why I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help myself and help you guys as well. But more, most importantly, just spend time in God's Word uh, as much as I can. And I want you guys to do that too. All right. All right great, uh, great uh, whole 
the whole book of the Bible. I love James. I wonder how many times I've read James. It's been a bunch. It's short. It's easy. It's chock full of good stuff. So anyways, uh, so uh, if this is your first time listening or watching, uh, this is the part of the episode where I ask uh, or I answer a few questions. Uh, so if you're live here on Instagram, make sure you hit that question mark on the bottom and ask a few questions. We've got about, uh, you know, five or 10 more minutes left. So let me answer a few questions and then uh, we will uh, we'll pray at the end as we normally do. So let me pull up a few questions. Uh, but go ahead and uh, keep keep putting your questions in there and I'll refresh this as I need to. Um is the book of life really filled with every believer's name? That was from Summer Days Here to Stay. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're saved, um, and if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are in God's book of life. Does that uh, every believer's name? Um, that's a tough question because I think uh, even the devil believes that Jesus is God, and that God is God. So uh, uh, believing is uh, is, a, is a loaded word at times. There are many people who maybe have uh, uh, understand that uh, what the Bible says, but they don't uh, necessarily give their life to Christ. If that makes sense. So uh, I think uh, there's a disparity between the two at times. Uh, but for the most part, you can believe, you can understand that Jesus is God. Now, accepting that and following Him is uh, a little bit more of a dedication to that. So uh, maybe pray a little bit on what you uh, view as a believer is. Uh, but uh, sure, everybody who is saved by, with uh, the love of Christ and the grace of God is in the book of life. All right. All right. Is it true that the devil can hear our prayers that are addressed to God? Um, I haven't heard that one before. I have to tell you. Uh, that's an interesting question. Can the devil hear our prayers? I don't know. To be honest with you, I doubt, I would hope that that's not the case. I'm, I'm talking to God, but saying that, you know, there are many times I openly pray out loud. Uh, I don't know why uh, the devil wouldn't be able to hear that, uh, but he probably does. Uh, he probably makes him angry. Uh, and uh, the more you pray, the more angry he gets. Uh, and the more you pray, uh, maybe that's uh, more that he sees that he's losing you, which is good. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I, don't, I don't care who hears me pray. The conversation is between me and God, and I know God hears me. Uh, so that's the most important thing. So whether the devil hears me, or my, you know, somebody sitting at the table hears me, or somebody across the way hears me pray, ultimately it doesn't matter because uh, uh, my conversation is with God, uh, and He's the audience, and He is the uh, the one I'm talking to. So uh, that's how I look at it. So ultimately, I don't I don't know. Don't care. All right, uh, a couple more questions here. Uh, your opinion on tattoos being sinful, biblical. I have talked about that in a couple of other episodes. As you can see, I have uh, uh, a tattoo on my arm of, uh, of Matthew. Um, so the way I view on that as well, and, I, and I'm, I'm 50 at this point, uh, so it took me a long time. I just got this tattoo last year. Uh, so it took me a long time to kind of uh, put a tattoo on my body. And part of that is my faith. I, I struggle with that a little bit. I know in Leviticus it talks about not to mark your body, or to, uh, you know, do those things. So I didn't really understand those verses. A lot of times I take 
Uh, and I, historically speaking, I took verses out of context and didn't really understand. Like, you can read a verse and go, well, oh, it talks about you can't, you know, get a tattoo. But if you read deeper into it and some of the history and read the entire book of Leviticus, you know that he's talking in two terms. One is to the priests of, uh, in Leviticus and telling them they couldn't do these things. But more importantly, what he was really saying is don't mark your body to worldly things. There are a lot of people at that time that were getting tattoos and markings and burn markings, uh, praising God, other gods and other idols and so forth. So what he was really talking about there is not to put anything on your body that praises something other than God. So uh, if you want to get a tattoo, it's entirely up to you. I prayed and prayed and prayed about it uh, for years and years and years, uh, to be honest with you. And uh, ultimately, I, I found peace in it, uh, mainly because of the tattoos that I have. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm glorifying God, and it's a discussion starter. I've had uh, dozens of conversations about, you know, my, uh, my verse on my arm <laughs> talking about, uh, you know, the grace commandment and kind of going through that stuff. Uh, so I, I feel like God has used that to help that. So uh, I wouldn't be afraid of it uh, if I were you, but I would pray about it. It's between you and God on whether you deem uh, that okay, but do your research on it. Uh, don't take uh, some of the old Levitical laws out of context, uh, because <clears throat> if that was the case, I couldn't cut my hair, I couldn't cut my beard, I couldn't wear mixed fabrics on my clothes, uh, I, I couldn't eat pork. There's lots of things I wouldn't be able to do. Uh, if I took all of the Levitical laws at face value and not to the audience they were intended to, which is not us, okay, if that makes sense. Uh, but anyways, uh, if, if you don't want tattoos, don't get them. Uh, I, I fought it for years and years and years, and I finally prayed about it, and I'm using mine as, uh, um, as a... Uh, as love of God. So one more question and we'll go on about the I know that's a, that, that question's a hot topic and we could probably do an entire episode on it. Um, but, uh, maybe I will. Uh, maybe I will. Uh, all right, let's see one more question here. What is the best way to start a small group to start to share the gospel? That's a great question. I think there's a couple of ways to, to um, start a small group and I'll start this way. First and foremost, if you're, you need to be a member of a or, or, or of a local church, okay. I, I firmly believe that. Uh, you know, I, I like to go to the house of the Lord every single Sunday. Uh, I've been raised in the church. I believe that a local church is a great way to surround yourself with other believers, uh, to hear a pastor uh, explain some things that maybe you don't understand, uh, and to just be in the presence of God uh, at least once a week, okay, at least. Uh, so I firmly believe that to be the case. So saying that, if you want to start a small group, the easiest way and the best way is to do it through your local church, assuming that you go to one. There's lots of local uh, churches around you. There's, I'm sure there's lots of them that have small groups or study groups, uh, and, and you can either get involved in one or start one. That'd be a great way to start. Now, if you don't have that opportunity of going to a local church or being a member, member of a local church, I would encourage you to do that. But saying that, uh, there's lots of ways you can share the gospel. I mean, look at what I'm doing here. I, I'm I'm reading the Bible and drinking some coffee and chatting with uh, you know thousands of you, <laughs> right? And, and so this is a version of that uh, small group that uh, I recognize a lot of the same names that log in every Monday and Friday. 
uh, and that like my post on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or wherever else I post things. And I recognize a lot and I get to know uh, this community that we've built uh, with living Christians. So you can do you can do it multiple ways. Get involved in your church. If you don't have the opportunity, start a Facebook group, start an Instagram group. Uh, just get on a live on Instagram and start talking and reading the Bible. There are a lot of ways to uh, formulate uh, small groups and, and community, if that makes sense, whether it's virtual or whether it's live. Um, you know, they, whether that's through your church or whether that's through your work. Uh, now, for years, uh, you know, I, I've had like a, a men's group at work, so to speak. Uh, to where we get together in a small group of just a few men that we get together on Thursday mornings and talk and share. Uh, I've done Wednesday early mornings with a group of men here locally in town. We go to the coffee shop. I've done that before. Uh, And so I've been a part of a lot of different versions of this. Most importantly is get involved. Just whatever it is, search it out, start it on your own, and I promise you people will um, flock to it and want to be a part of it. Uh, because there's this, this innate kind of uh, desire in us to learn more and to share more and to uh, congregate, uh, right? Where And the Bible says where two or more are gathered, Jesus will be there. So just find one other person, and two or more will be gathered, and you'll be able to uh, be in the presence of the Lord. So whatever it is, whatever way you want to do it, don't hesitate. Just dive in. It's so fulfilling. It's so rewarding. Uh, that is for sure. Okay, uh, let's say a quick prayer, have a sip of coffee, and then we'll get about a weekend, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us the book of James. There's so much wisdom and instruction uh, and knowledge in this book that we've been reading for a couple of weeks. Um, I pray that myself and everybody watching or listening to this right now can take the word of James and take it to heart. Whatever it is that they're dealing with right now, whether they're struggling with judging other people or, or um, their love of money or whatever it is that they're pulling away from you, uh, ha- I, I, I hope they find um, comfort in the, in, the, in the words, in the book of James. May they bookmark it. May they highlight verses. May they go back to it um, consistently um, because we know that you're talking to us through the book of James. Thank you so much for providing that to us. Thank you so much for talking to us through the words on paper. It's just so comforting and uh, glorious, Lord. I'm so thankful. Please be with everybody on this call, everybody watching or listening today. Guide them, protect them, and strengthen them as they go through this life. Help them have the right perspective, the right focus, and the right view on this world and you, Lord. Help us, give us the strength to get through these challenges and times that we're dealing with right now. And stay focused on you all along the way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, guys, thank you for uh, following along in the book of James. We'll tackle uh, a different topic starting on Monday. I got a few in mind uh, that are exciting. Uh, So hopefully you uh, stick with me on this. But have a great weekend and uh, get into church on Sunday. Uh, Surround yourself with other believers and uh, dive into God's Word, okay? Till next time, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. Love you guys.